Welcome to the Color Timer Podcast. I am your host, Vincent Taylor. This is the podcast where we speak to professionals who work with color. Now, so far, we've spoken to two colorists for film and television. That's not surprising. I'm a colorist, so it's going to be my bias. I knew that was the case. But the point of the podcast is to speak to professionals who work with color. So today, we're stepping outside of that box. We are speaking to Nina Ashby. Nina is a communicator. She is a, uh, a healer, a psychic. From a young age, she could see color auras. Don't know what that is? I didn't know what it was, but I found out about Nina because of her book, Color Therapy. And uh, look, this is a great conversation. We're going to stick to our 15-minute uh, sand timer, our color timer, uh, to keep it within that, that, that time frame. But um, this is a great conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. Let's go. Take your seats because the hourglass is about to turn. We are entering the world of the micro podcast. Explore the craft, creativity, and science of professionals who use color to tell stories. Welcome to The Color Timer with Vincent Taylor. Uh, hi, uh, welcome, Nina. Thanks for joining me. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Lovely to see you, Vincent, and all those people out in podcast land. Podcast land, yeah. Um, uh, now, you're in the UK at the moment. I'm in LA, so there's a, a little bit of a time difference. But, uh, but yeah, look, thanks for taking time out to have a chat to me. Pleasure. Um, now, I, uh, I've, I've got a list of my questions here, and, and I'm going to start for the one that kind of fascinates me, the, actually, they all fascinate me, but this one that fascinates me the most. Um, so when you're a little kid, uh, you know, we, we call it an aura, but as a little kid, you, you discovered that you had the ability to see people's auras. And I'd love to talk to you about that. Okay. Well, as a kid, as a three-year-old, you don't know the names of things. You just know your experiences. So, um, I recall standing on the stairs where we lived and I was at the top, like at the landing and my mom was down at the bottom. And I remember seeing very clearly or realizing what I was seeing, uh, as colors all around her. So she gave me a look like, what are you talking about? And quickly changed the subject like, wow. like, okay, come down or go up or something like that. But it was the first, my first memory of realizing that I saw the world differently from other people because from that previous to that moment, I thought everybody saw colors. But I got a very distinct message like, are you making this up? <laughs> you know, or what's going on? Like what people do with kids, you know, oh, it's their imagination, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then and then as you got older and, and this is something you continued to see. Uh... Um, well, what happened was that I knew it was kind of forbidden to talk about. It's not because you make your parents uncomfortable talking about things that that they don't know about and they can't answer and are not particularly interested in engaging in. Then you one always finds different ways to express things. And I was obsessed with drawing. I was obsessed with color. And I remember my great aunt 
for my fourth birthday or something, she bought me like this 64 Crayola crayon set. You know, they still sell them. Yeah. And I remember being like over them. It's copper. It's cerise. It's purple. It's a violet. You know, I could put names to the colors that I was seeing. But of course, I wasn't talking about seeing it. I was just excited about color. And and that started me off, you know, doing a lot more drawing, doing a lot more painting. And, and I eventually trained to be an artist. So the thing is, is that... There were no words to describe what it was I was seeing. Remember, well, I'll just reveal my age is that I was born in the 1950s. So um, nobody was talking about these things then. The only thing they had in the newspapers was the astrology column. That was it. You know, the stars of the day, horoscope. And so it wasn't until I went to university in the 60s that I, it was the psychedelic era. I was still seeing colors, um, but, uh, <laughs> but um, I still had no name for anything that I was seeing. But I did start to do meditation, and I did a form of meditation where I was developing my third eye, staring at a candle. And I had started yoga when I was in high school, but it was Hatha yoga. It was all physical yoga. It wasn't meditation or spiritual or anything like that in that presentation. So I always had this interest in things that were fringe, things that were different. And when I went eventually in university, I started doing some esoteric studies. And kind of one thing led to another. I was very interested in energy healing particularly because I was feeling energy. I was seeing energy. I didn't have a word for it like psychic or, or aura or anything like that. I just saw the world in color and saw it as a vibrant and moving cloud around every living thing. And, um, and so eventually in the, early 70s, I was living in New York City, and um, I came across a course given by Christopher Hill, Dr. Christopher Hill, who was a Californian who, you know, had uh, this organization that taught people about auras and energy and radionics and radiesthesia and energy transmission, and I wow. got into all of this stuff in in the seven in the early seventies, from about nineteen seventy three, and I started training as you know, ex and exploring doing energy healing. So that's what I was. My first sort of, I was a professional artist by that time, a professional sculptor, and and uh, but I also did this energy thing, and I was obsessed with studying. I studied astrology. I studied palmistry. I, stu I studied every kind of ology in the divination field you could think of because I, I was driven by this inner need to begin to define and connect to what I was already connected to, but give it words, give it some kind of shape, give it some kind of structure. I'm a Capricorn. I like structure. What can I say? Um, so... Um, <laughs> 
so I was immersed in this esoteric world and I kind of answered your second question, didn't I? Yeah, no, no, no. It's I'm just, I'm just, I'm yeah. kind of going along with this journey. It's wonderful. Um, and, and, and then, I mean, when, you know, now we, we, speaking of using words, we, we call that an, an aura. Um, I mean, what, what is an aura? What is that? And why do they exist? Uh, well, our aura is the, uh, our total aura is our energy field. And our energy field, like the atmosphere of the earth, has lots of different layers, and each of those layers stores information at a different vibrational frequency. And this all in enlivens our aura actually enlivens our body and makes our biological organism through our neurology and through our hormone system um, operate. And our aura is the intermediary, if you will, between our physical body, our biological organism, and our spiritual body, our soul. Mm -hmm. And everything in between our soul, our highest being, leveled being, in this incarnation and connected to this incarnation, and our incarnated body, body is our aura. And that stores our intelligence, our experiences. It stores it as color energy. It stores it as mental coding. It it's, has a, a back file. It has a current file. Wow. And information gets transferred between all of these layers of our being. And that's what our consciousness and our subconscious or unconscious mind is composed of. So our, what I was seeing and experiencing as a child on a visual level was the what I call your personality aura. It's the one that's closest to, let's say, our energy bubble that surrounds us. And that okay. stores information as color. Now, color relates to our emotional body. In our emotions. I'm in red. I have a red, red rage. I'm in a brown study. I'm feeling blue. I'm feeling mm. black and dark, you know. And so we use color in our language to express our feelings and our emotional states. Oh, absolutely. It gives us yeah. an emotional context for all visual backgrounds. And it was very, very interesting to study in people's dreams, in people's visions, in people's daydreams, and or how when they get, receive information, you can interpret the information based on the color of the background, the type of background, the the um, and and I've used that a lot in teaching or training people to uh, access and, and learn how to interpret what they get on a visual level. But that visual level, that emotional level, also connects to everything else. It connects feeling, connects to thought, feeling connects to sensation. So everything is one. But in order to understand things, we have to break it down into component pieces and then we have to put it back together again. And that's where people fail. <laughs> it's um, it back 
together again. I was I was chatting to um, a, a guest j- just this week, and she was saying that she has a former version of uh, synesthesia. I can never say the word synesthesia. Uh, where where she can kind of taste certain colors, and it's interesting what you're saying yeah. about how all of this stuff is kind of linked. It's not kind of linked. Mm. It is linked. It is it's linked. It's linked. Everything is. We are one. It's yeah. an illusion that we're separate. Yeah. At some level, we are all one, but because we are dualistic creatures, we live in a world of where we're. We are a projection of our soul into a physical form with limitations based on our physical life. Then we perceive ourselves as being a unit, an organism that's separate from other organisms. But we're all swimming in the same sea. My challenge whenever when when we start talking about this is I my brain goes off into 50 zillion different questions and I'm going, no, no, I've only got, you know, I, I realized that after we started, I went, Oh, I forgot to turn my color timer over, uh, uh which I started. So I'm going to, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to try and I can see the color timer going down. I'm going, all right, what am I going to ask? Uh, I discovered you because of, uh, of your book, uh, simply color therapy. Right. Uh, what, I mean, you've touched on it already, but what is color therapy? Well, any kind of therapy, The goal is to create a new consciousness or self-awareness. And it's also about learning how to manage your life better, actually. Whether that be mental therapy, physical therapy, or color therapy. So this is about the application, the conscious application of color to affect change upon your being. So I'm saying your being because that can be within your energy field, literally. So you can go to a color therapist and they can project colored lights onto you. You can use crystals. You can do distance healing using color projection. In other words, I focus on a color and I send it to you. I send it to certain chakras or to your to your higher self or whatever. And then that color impacts on a certain layer of your energy field. And then it trickles down into affecting your state of being physically, emotionally, mentally, perhaps spiritually, but color conscious use of color in therapy is also a conscious use of color. So dress to impress, you know, you wouldn't, go to a very conservative meeting wearing very, you know, like uh, bright yellow clothes, you know, or or you wouldn't go go to Brooks Brothers wearing a salesman's suit. You know, you you have to, you know, but if you really want to be hot, you wear the red dress, you know, (laughs) with the big cleavage uh, for a woman. The point is, is that Color has information, and that information is picked up at every level of your being, whether it's conscious or not. You are creating an impression. You can also use color in your environment. So, for example, I used to go, you know, people used to consult me, and and I used to say, okay, the kid has hyperactivity. What color is his bedroom? Oh, it's based on red. I said, well, I, I think that, that we may need to do some changes there. <laughs> so, 
So the point is, I mean, that's a, something that's very obvious to somebody who knows that red is a hyper-stimulating color. Um, and then they wouldn't think about it. But like, yeah, kids love red. It's primary. It's, you know, but not good for going to sleep or being yeah. calm. Yeah. So color affects us. Every color has a certain quality. Um energetically that we know about and people say oh i can't figure that out but everybody knows what color is look at you ask a kid you know what's sunny it's yellow you know they make the sun yellow they make the grass and the trees green that means something yeah so we all yeah. have and we have a catalog of correspondences, and if you will, or an accumulation of information through our own experience about what those colors mean to us. Somebody may have an aversion to a particular color because it's associated with some traumatic event, mm. for example. Wow. But colors are not bad or good. They're just a manifestation of an energy. Do um, I, I notice that my little color time has run out, uh, and and of course I have a zillion other questions. But th there's one that's at the forefront of my brain that I've just got to ask. Uh, do with in relation to auras, do animals have auras? Of course they do. Animals right. have consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered about that, and 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 then the other one I'll just squeeze in. Lastly, is is okay. do you need to be with somebody? to see an aura or can you do it remotely you can see it no i can do it remotely wow everything is energy in my world yeah. i mean the electronics don't seem to interfere with my ability to see people's aura colors or get their vibration i mean i've been a professional reader now for over 40 years and i've done every single kind of reading that you can imagine in terms of how you do it. So when I was trained in the 70s or in the you know, late 70s, early 80s to do psychic readings specifically, my teacher would hand us a piece of paper with a name scribbled on it and fold it up and hand it to us and say, tell me about that person. And I pulled it to me. I get all this information and I tell them, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you're right. Wow, it's I. Um, I'm going to be a bit. I'm going to be a bit naughty because I I, I, okay. I. told myself I would. You know, once the color timer stops, I'll stop the interview. And but I can't because I've got. I've just got one more question. I I really want to ask you. Um, with 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 auras and with color, uh, does it change over time? Does does it, does someone's aura, if if it's this certain color scheme or whatever, does that That's change funny. or it does? Yeah. Okay, so. Auras are an expression of who you are. Have you changed? Yes hmm. and no. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so our auras are, have different um, expressive phenomena so, or different wavelengths that it expresses. So, for example, there's something that I call your dominant energy color, and that is an expression of your life path your soul mission and mm -hmm. your past lives and why you're here and and it gives a lot of information and that will correspond you know in my book simply color therapy there's a whole chapter on dominant energy colors and their spiritual meaning for 
this lifetime, mm. what your mission statement is, what your past lives, you know, flavors were, that kind of thing. But, and so that acts as a filter for all the rest of the colors that are always in your aura. And those colors change according to the life cycle that you're in. Yep. They become, and they, and they also, so they can be cyclic, but they can also be moment to moment shifting and changing as your emotions and thoughts and feelings and information scanning wow. is taking place. So there's lots of different, um, it's like a cloud of moving energy, just like you're a constantly changing and yet um, not unchanged. You know, there's mm. a core to who you are and a substance to who you are that is reflected in your aura. I just and 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 again, a, a, a whole lot more questions I've got, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna behave. Oh, okay, just one more, just one more. Uh, in a in a mirror, can you see your own aura? Yes. You can. I can yeah. see it like that. I can see it in a mirror. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Nina, um, thank you so much. I'm fascinated. I'm absolutely fascinated. And uh, I'm a I'm a colorist for film and TV. And um, people, you know, when I'm working on their projects, that they always communicate color through emotion. No one ever says, I want it. Well, sometimes they do, but they don't normally say, I want it to be more red or more green. They always go, oh, it needs to be sadder or it needs to be, you know, and it's, and, and that's why I thought, yeah, I've really got to chat to you because that's, that communication about color is exactly your wheelhouse. But um, thank you so much for taking time. I'm really, really grateful. If anybody wants to have a color reading and or a picture, they should go to my website and book Absolutely. it. I see people of all over the world or buy the books. They're available on Amazon. Nina, thank you. Take care. My pleasure. God bless. Take care too. Nina, thank you so much. That was amazing. What a great conversation. Uh, I had so many questions. Uh, uh, so good for me and hopefully for you. We're stepping outside of the world of just film and television color, all right? I said at the beginning, there's going to be a bias toward that because of my background, but this podcast is about color, professionals who work with color. So, yeah, that was really, really great. So thank you, Nina. Uh, thank you to MixingLight.com, who are my executive producer, uh, my friend of the show, Filmlight, uh, Kayla, my producer, and thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, I, I appreciate all the feedback, the comments I'm getting. Uh, like, subscribe, pass it on, spread the word, spread the love, and um, see you next time. The Color Timer, a micro-podcast experience. Mm-hmm.